The following podcast may contain spoilers and probably will, because honestly, even I don't know what might come out my mouth. So, uh, you've been warned. Proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of the Stephen or Else podcast, the only show with combination skin. I'm your host, Stephen, and I have got quite the episode for you this week. Episode number 27 will be one for the record books. And let me tell you why. Well, I haven't taken any notes. No notes at all. I usually take at least two pages worth of notes. Just a few things to make sure I talk about in the intro and uh, certain things that I want to talk about in the outro. And uh, I got nothing with me, no notes. And I read a crap ton of books since the last, well, honestly, because the last episode, number 26, was just a showcase of my other podcast. Find that at Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Then I didn't have any books to talk about last last week. So really what I've got this week are two weeks worth the freaking books. And I don't remember everything I read. And I'm just going to freewheel it. I'm just, just going to come right off the top of my head, folks. So buckle in, have yourself a sarsaparilla, because this is podcasting on the edge. Phew. That's, uh, that's me settling down just a second. I do know that I should remind everybody that next month is... Superman Superman. Gonna add a little echo to that in post to make it sound way more dramatic. If you're asking yourself right now, self, what is Superman month? Well, obviously you haven't been listening to much of the show and that's okay. Uh, I don't have time to listen to a lot of the podcasts out there. So I, there's, there's no judgment over here on the other side of the mic. Okay. But in case you don't know what Superman month is, let me tell you what it's all about. I am going to read all four trades from the death and return of Superman storyline in March. I will be releasing four episodes in March. Each episode will be one of those trades. But wait, there's even more. My other podcast, which you can get for as little as a dollar a month over at the Patreon, I am going to be talking about Superman over there. And while I do two episodes a week over there, I'm going to take one of those episodes and I'm going to put it out here on the main feed. So it's going to be a special, my other podcast, Stephen or else, super awesome, exclusive to everyone, mega episode. That's just a working title that just really was just there at the top of my head. It's probably, they're probably going to be called something else. So honestly, let me tell you folks, you're going to get eight, at minimum eight episodes in March. And all of them are going to be about Superman. And now I'm starting to worry that I'm going to drive my audience away because all of you can't give a crap about Superman. I'm sure that are, that there are a lot of you that are just like, what? An entire month of nothing but Superman walking away. Please don't, because you know what? There's still going to be fun episodes, whether they're about Superman or not. You're going to get my take on the on Superman, Superman mythos. I'm going to add more echo and post on that one for more dramatic effect. So that's what we're doing in March. 
And I'm a little, I'm a little worried about it. I have to admit, I'm a sweating. I mean, not physically. There's no sweat coming off of me right now. It's an, it's a nice, it's nice weather inside the car. I'm actually in, I'm in the wife's van today. So if for those audiophiles that can, that can sense through their ear holes a different. Stephen's Stephen's podcast sounds a little different this week. I wonder what the reason for that might be. It's because I'm in my wife's van and it's bigger and there's less trash in it. My car is trashed. It is trashed. But let's get beyond that for a second. So uh, what was I even talking about? I don't remember. Superman month in March. Be a part of it if you want to. If, uh, you know, I would recommend as of the time you're listening to this, um, because this episode will come out Monday. I don't have a calendar in front of me, but it'll be the last, I believe it'll be the last Monday before March officially begins. Well, yeah, it would have to be because the following Monday will be the first episode, first Superman episode. So if you want to participate in that first Superman episode, you best get your thoughts down and get them to me quick. You can do that in a couple of ways. You can uh, you can send me an email over at stephenorels at gmail.com. Or you can, if you want to do what I do and pick up your phone and do a little recording, you can throw together two to five minutes of your thoughts on the death of Superman, the first trade in the storyline. Stick that in a little MP3 type file and, uh, you know email that over to me. Or you know what? You don't have to participate at all. You can participate just by listening. That's really all I need out of you. That's how our relationship works. I sit in a vehicle in a parking lot uh, and just talk about comics while people walk by and look at me funny. That's my role. Your role is to listen and maybe tell some friends right? You know, if you could recommend the show to some people, that'd be awesome. If you could throw an, a, a review up on iTunes, that would be even more awesome. But that's, that's, that's our roles. It's, it's good to define the roles before, you know, you get 27 episodes into a podcast. So I'm failing already. All right. So we've covered Superman month. I don't think there are any more announcements um, at all. I don't think. I'm going to think about it for a second. You might hear a pause. Maybe I'll throw some little music in. I don't know. We'll see what kind of mood I'm in. Went to the movies last week, the movie theater. We don't get to do that all that often because a family of five going to the movie theater is freaking spendy. And we might go once a year. If even that, there is a, a theater in, in, in another town that only charges, I think, three bucks per ticket. You know, those are older movies, but, and we might get there every once in a while. But as far as new movies in the theater, once a year at max, min, minimum, once a year minimum. Okay. That's that's what we're doing today. We're forgetting words. That's fine. Anyway, we went and saw The Lego Movie 2. And, uh, you know, I, I'll just say right off the bat, it's just as good, if not better, 
than the first Lego movie. It was so good. And like the first Lego movie, there is a lesson therein to be learned. And actually, the first Lego movie, there were three different lessons to learn. Lesson number one was you can't just always stick to the instructions. You have to be creative. Being creative is something that you should strive to be. Lesson number two is sometimes you do, though, have to go with the instructions. You can't just do everything uh, freewheeling like I'm doing this episode all the time. If I lived my life the way I'm doing this episode, there would be some problems. So lesson number two is sometimes you have to follow the instructions, okay? And then lesson number three, uh, toys are meant to be played with. They're not meant to be put up on a shelf and for people to see and not touch. Now, I'm not judging anybody out there who has toys up on a shelf that won't let kids play with them. I'm not judging you, but that is a lesson that was told in the Lego movie. Lego movie two, uh, I'm going to spoil some things. So buckle in. I'll put some, I'll put some, uh, some timestamps in the old show notes. So timestamp for the Lego discussion starts now. The lesson for Lego movie two is that you have to get along. Sometimes you have to play with your toys with your little sister. You have to get along. And if you don't get along, then your toys are taking, taken away from you. That's, that's kind of the lesson from uh, the other lesson from, from, uh, uh, movie number two is that everything's just not going to be awesome all the time. Okay. Sometimes things are not awesome. We need to learn how to deal with that and move on. That's a pretty deep lesson for a movie about Lego bricks. And, uh, the base, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into, I'm not gonna just talk about, I'm not gonna hit all the plot points, but ultimately what we got here is we've got the, the, you know, at the end of the first Lego movie, the, uh, the, the boy, the son was told by the father that now the daughter will come play with the Legos with him. And then the Duplo, the, the, the aliens from the planet Duplo come and attack. So this is five years later in, person time, not Lego people time. Well, in both. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to try to explain it. If, if you enjoyed the first Lego movie, I would like you to, you to go into the second Lego movie fairly fresh. So that's, that's all I'm going to say about the Lego movie. So really no spoilers at all, other than the fact that my favorite part of the movie was, uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is in the movie as a Lego minifig. And you know what? There's so much happening in those Lego movies. There's so many jokes that just come one after another that it's hard to keep up. Um, so I can't remember how Bruce Willis popped into the movie the first time. There was there was a, a Bruce Willis reference, and then there he is, and he's wearing the, the T-shirt, the, the, the tank top t-shirt as he wore in Die Hard. And it's actually Bruce Willis doing his voice. And then later in the movie, Wild Style is crawling around in a ventilation duct in, in, in the building that she's trying to infiltrate. And who does she come across? Bruce Willis. He's in the ventilation duct. And, uh, he, he says something to the effect that, you know, I don't live in, in these ventilation ducts. It was really funny. I'm not doing it justice at all. So Lego movie two. 
the entire family just loved it. It was it was a freaking amazing movie. And uh, I hope if if they're if they're going to keep up in their game like that, like I said, it's it's just as good, if not better, than the first one. And I don't need a sequel to be better. I don't need. That's the problem with with Hollywood these days. You know, it's uh, they put out a movie and hey, that was that was good. That did that did really well. Let's put out a second one, but we have to make it bigger. And bigger's not always better. I'm sorry. Uh, the more explosions doesn't doesn't necessarily make it better. You can blow up more national monuments in the second movie, but if there's no story to go along with the blowing up, and I don't even require a lot of story. I just need enough to keep me entertained and not make me go, okay, that made absolutely no sense. And it takes, it takes a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm cracking up here. I am one of these sheep that critics talk about when it comes to popcorn movies. I'm one of the people they make these movies for. I, it's really hard uh, to make me really hate a movie. So maybe, maybe what I'm saying is you shouldn't listen to my opinion. I don't know. But Lego Movie 2 was awesome. It was just as good, if not better, than the first one. Okay. So let's talk about some comic books that I have read because I've read a crap ton of them all through Comixology. I am, I've got kind of a love-hate relationship right now going on with the Comixology because there are just a lot of good books on there and I hate how I can spend 20 minutes finding great content, borrowing it, downloading it, and then sitting there in front of the screen trying to determine what I'm going to read first because there's so much of it. Recently, I grabbed a number of old Marvel books. And while I feel uncomfortable saying old because to me they don't feel old, they are from the 80s. In the 80s, they, they, were, they happened a while back, okay? They're old. These books are old. I um I got a two Captain America trades. One of them was called The Death of the Red Skull and the second one I think is called Serpent Society. They uh some somewhere right in the middle of The Death of the Red Skull trade is about where I started Kind of remember reading comic. Actually, no, because I had to get some single issues. So I bought some single issues. Um, 
that had to do with Captain America and Deathlock, which led into uh, Captain America, the death of the Red Skull, which then leads into the next trade, Serpent Society. So basically, I am trying to get and read all the Captain America books I remember reading as a kid. Because when I first started reading comics, uh, I had a subscription. My my parents allowed me to get two subscriptions, uh, two titles. And one was G.I. Joe and the other one was Captain America. And I honestly can't remember the first issue of Captain America I read. Because after a while... Once, you know, after, after you grow up and you, you can start going to the comic book stores and buying stuff, you look at your collection and you start buying back issues, uh, that happened before the first issue that you've read, right? So I don't remember where I started in on Captain America, but it was somewhere around there. And so that's what I'm reading now. And then I picked up a, a Hulk trade, um, Crossroads and, uh, also from the eighties. And that is, that starts off the storyline where Doctor Strange. So Bruce Banner and the Hulk have been separated. I don't. I don't know what's happened to Bruce Banner because they don't. I don't remember. And so far, I'm only a couple of issues into the trade, and they don't really talk about it. I feel like Bruce Banner has just been eliminated, basically, uh, or his personality has been stamped down inside the Hulk so much that it no longer technically exists. And it's just the Hulk. And he is the, uh, he's an animal. And Dr. Strange has basically decided that there's nothing, no one can do anything with the Hulk. Uh, and so he banishes him to this other world. It's the crossroads. And it's this interdimensional, uh, world where the Hulk can enter other worlds and other universes. And there's a spell on him so that if Hulk goes into one world and then decides this is not where I want to be, he pops back to the crossroads and he can start in on another world. And uh, this, just like Captain America, this was around the time I started reading the Hulk. And there is... there. I remember further than that, and I'm looking forward to getting the rest of, of the Hulks that they have out there because um, I read Hulk for a long time. And John Byrne was on the book for, I don't know, six issues maybe, seven, maybe more. And so once this trade is done, I think that leads into the John Byrne issues, within, which then leads into the Al Milgram issues, who I believe was on it before John Byrne was on it. Uh, I just remember that there was a two-issue story arc where basically all the tough, strong guy superheroes uh, had to battle the Hulk out in the desert. And the Hulk is growing as he's as they're fighting him, and they knock him into unconsciousness, and they're carrying him back. I just I just remember really loving that as a kid. So those are in my wish list after I finish... Uh, this trade, then I'm just going to get, I'm going to try to get like one issue every two weeks. Every time I get paid, I'll get an issue and I'll read it. So I'm just really reliving my childhood through, uh, comiXology. Cause I also got the Avengers under siege trade. I think it's part of their Epic collections. I've, I'm really digging these Marvel Epic collections. They're, they're, I don't know if this is true or not, but in my eyes, what I'm looking at are a collection, you know, let's say you do Spider-Man 
and they have a number of these trades called the Epic Collection that basically just runs through all the issues for you. I don't know. They don't have them all on Comixology. I did check one out through the through the library, and it's the Craven's Last Hunt uh, Epic Collection. And it's they call it Craven's Last Hunt. It's got the cover of Craven on it, dancing around in in the uh, in the graveyard with Spider Man's costume, you know, holding in his hand. But that storyline actually only uh, represents the last six issues in this book. So far, I haven't even gotten to that yet. I'm I'm a uh, over halfway through this book, and I haven't gotten to those six issues yet. I have been there's been some stuff with Alistair Smythe and his uh, Spider Slayer, some great John Romita Jr. issues, um, and then we'll get into Craven's Last Hunt. But I'm not there yet. But this Avengers one, I think, is part of the Epic Collection collections. And I'm only a couple of issues into the, into it. And, uh, what I'm into right now are there was an issue that was one of their Secret Wars two tie in issues. And then a second, like, uh, after Secret Wars, it's like a Secret Wars epilogue issue. And then that's where I've stopped. Um, but eventually we'll get into the Under Siege storyline, which, um, is the storyline where the Masters of Evil, break into the Avengers mansion and beat Jarvis near the near death. This is this is my Avengers team. It's got Captain America, Captain Marvel, um the Wasp, it's got Dane Whitman Black Knight. It's got Submariner's in it right now. I don't remember him being a part of it during the Under Siege storyline. Uh Hercules uh is in there. I think that's it. I think that's it. But that was this again. This is when I was, this is when I started reading a lot of these books. Um, so this is my Avengers. And this was the, the big storyline that I remember reading. And I think it's only like two issues, but as a kid, I just could not believe it. They had like the only bad guy I can remember off the top of my head. I feel the wrecking crew was involved, but I remember Mr. Hyde being in the Avengers mansion and beating up, uh, Jarvis. And as a kid, I just, I was so angry reading this storyline because these supervillains, they're supervillains. They have superpowers and they're beating up poor old Jarvis, who's just a regular dude. Oh my gosh. I was so upset. I was so angry. And I was, I was looking for, you know, all I could, I could remember reading this going, oh, you wait until Hercules shows up because he is going to destroy all of you. Now, it's probably been a couple of decades since I've read this storyline. So I can't remember. I can't remember everything that happens. I remember that there was a guy who could shoot darkness out of his hands and he encases the, the Avengers mansion in darkness. And that's when they go in the bad guys and take over the mansion. I remembered Mr. Hyde beating up Jarvis and being really upset about it. Other than that, I don't remember a lot. So I'm really looking forward to getting to that. But I read, um, I read an issue with the wasp going after a woman who steals Yellow Jacket's costume and creates her own costume out of it. That was a pretty good issue. That, that led off this trade. Then there were two Secret Wars, two tie in issues. And then that's kind of where I've left off. Uh, man, what else have I read? 
been reading a lot of Spider-Man because I have this, I have two Spider-Man collections. One I got through um, the library, a physical paperback copy. That's the Craven's Last Hunt. And then I got one through um, Comixology, which is supposed to, I think it's called The Birth of Venom. So it actually starts out with not the issue, but the scene from, I think it's Secret Wars number eight, where Spider-Man gets the black costume. It shows that scene. And then the next, the, the first full issue is the first issue of, I think, The Amazing Spider-Man that comes out of Secret Wars, where he and uh, Kurt Connors, the lizard, come out of, of the, the void. You know, they basically appear back on Earth in Central Park where all the heroes had disappeared. We're going to talk about that later. Don't worry about Secret Wars. We're going to get into Secret Wars later. Don't worry about that. Uh, so I've been reading that, but then I've also been reading this Craven's Last Hunt trade. And at one point last night, I'm like looking at both and trying to decide, well, I think the uh, Birth of Venom one comes before the Craven's Last Hunt one. But I don't know because I need to actually sit down and look at what issues are involved. And maybe I'm confusing myself by kind of going back and forth between the two of them, which is kind of a stupid thing to do. But I'm doing it because they're there. And I've been, like I said, I've been reading these Captain America books. I So these first, I have these four single issues that lead into the trade, the first trade that I have. And I'll be honest with you, I have, I know I have two of those issues up in my collection. I don't remember reading them though. They are, um, I don't remember the numbers. It's all over my Instagram. If you have been following my Instagram, then you know what I've been reading because I've been posting panels like crazy all over the Instagram. So you should really be following me over there. It's at Stephen or else because there's a good chance that you're going to know what I'm going to talk about in an upcoming episode because I'm just posting the crap out of the books all over the Instagram. But these are issues uh, with Deathlock, and they are drawn by Mike Zek, and I am so in love with Mike Zek's art. I just cannot get enough of that man's art. There is something about the way when he has these panels that's kind of pulled back from the action, so he's got the full... You know, they're small panels. They have the full figure of the person in the panel and, but they're small. So he can't go in and put in a lot of details. There's just something away about the way he does their feet that I just love. He just does this little, these little tiny feet. I just love them for some reason. And, uh, so I am still in the middle of those. I think I'm on the third of those four issues. And then once I get done with those, I'll get into the first. The first trade, The Death of the Red Skull, um, which opens up, I know the first issue in that I, I distinctly remember owning. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was one of the ones I got through subscription. So maybe that is where I actually started with Captain America. I don't know, but I'm enjoying the crap out of it. There, I talked about one of the issues, the first of the Deathlock issues in a recent episode of my other podcast, which you can get for as little as a dollar a month over at the Patreon. And, um, there's, there's just, there's just stuff in these books. Now, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I'm not one of these folks, uh, that yearn for the old days that think comics suck now and that they should, they're no longer, they're not fun anymore. And we should return to the old days and there's too much politics in today's comics and all that crap. 
Because you know what? There has been politics in comics since I remember reading them. You know, I don't care if they turn Thor into a woman for a while. I don't care if they take uh, a character away and replace them with a woman or or a minority. I don't care. If I like the story, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to choose whether or not to read that story based on the fact that, oh my gosh, now this person is a woman or, oh my gosh, now this person is African-American. I don't care. As long as it's a good story, why Why should you give a crap? That's That's my thought. So as I'm talking about these older issues, I don't want to be mistaken for one of those folks, okay? I want to make that clear right off the bat. But these old books are still so good. They're... There was this moment in this first issue, a cap, where he he meets his girlfriend, Bernie, and they're going to meet her parents. She knows that he's Captain America. Her family doesn't. And he's in the car with her. And there's all this exposition of him talking to himself in his mind, which I, I do miss. I don't see a lot of that in comics nowadays. Um, but he's talking to him. You know, he's thinking to himself. We're reading the, the thought balloons. And he is super nervous about meeting her parents. And I just think that's, I just think that's, that's, that's just great. I just love that. Steve Rogers, Captain America, nervous about meeting the parents. And I feel like any new issues that I've read recently, there's just a different way of writing books nowadays. And, uh, I just don't feel that there's a lot of time given. It's, it's not the, it's not the soap opera that they used to be. You know, imagine if, if, uh, suddenly, uh, the guiding light every six episodes, uh, is directed by somebody else. And, um, you know, one, one creative team comes in, a writer and a director and a casting director. They all come in. They're going to do six episodes of the guiding light and they're going to make all these changes and they're going to, they're going to add some stuff to these people's backstory and then once those six episodes are done they walk away and some three other you know another creative team comes in and they take over and everything every six episodes is just completely different and i I talked about this before i get it i understand it um it's just different it's not better it's not worse it's just different and i have read some enjoyable stories that are fairly new it's just different. But back then it was more like a soap opera. There was, there was stuff going on, uh, that you may not have any resolution to for, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 issues. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that creative teams would stay on a book longer. At least that's how I feel. That may not be the truth. I've never done any research into this, but I feel like creative teams stayed on the, stayed on the, the title longer. And even when they left, they would hand the title off to somebody else and they would kind of stick with what was going on, you know, just enough that transitioning from one creative team to the other didn't really, you didn't, you, it's not like you were just picking up a different book than where, where you left off. And, uh, you know, again, like I said, it's not better, it's not worse, it's just different. And right now, that's what I want to read, and that's what I've been reading.
like a spider on the wall Doing nothing made my whole world fall down Why you sleeping in the comfort of your bed? I'll be swinging through the city's hot breath Like I'm running on an endless track Nothing that I do will ever bring them back Web slinger, hope bringer They call me by my name They say I'm a sometimes hero A sometimes zero Also got some X-Men. I was definitely Instagramming about some X-Men. So we, so I talked, uh, you got an episode from my other podcast in episode 26 in which I talked about my, my most favorite single issue of comics of all time, which is an uncanny X-Men issue, issue 205. Well, there is also two issues in the uncanny X-Men, issues 190 and 191. When it comes to looking back at the comics I read as a kid and thinking about the the, the story arcs or storylines that I re- enjoyed the most, those two issues stand out to me over anything else. Um, you know, we talked about the 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 under siege uh, issues of Avengers that I remember fondly, but these two issues, one ninety and one ninety one, and here's the thing: I'm not at all an X Men guy. Back then, Wolverine was my favorite. He, he, he was, uh, you know, su- it was always Superman, Spider-Man. And then, of course, Wolverine came in. And for a while there, he just muscled them out. And now he's kind of on the back burner anymore because he's just used too much. Anyway, um, and these two issues didn't have Wolverine in it. But it's Chris Claremont and John Romita Jr., um, and this this wizard Kulan Gath Kulan Gath K U L A N Kulan Gath G A T H he casts a spell that surrounds the island of Manhattan in this barrier and inside the barrier the island of Manhattan you're basically if you cross the barrier you're basically in a in a Conan the Barbarian story every person within the barrier has been transformed um Cars have been turned into horses. Police, uh, police officers have been turned into like city, the city guard. Um, Captain America is wearing a blue chainmail outfit, chainmail outfit. He's got long hair. He has a sword at his belt and he holds his sheet and he carries his shield. Um, now when I was a kid reading this, I distinctly remember feeling at, cause it's just two issues. It's just a two issue story arc. And I remember reading it as a kid and first of all, just loving it. And I loved it again when I, when I read it just within the last week, have the same feelings come up because there's just nothing cooler than seeing some of your favorite superheroes, uh, turned into something else like, you know, like a sword and sorcery, uh, character, as long as it's done well. And John Romita Jr. did it very well. But I, re- I do distinctly remember as a kid starting into that first issue thinking, well, what happened before this? And I, I know I looked for books, the book that came out before it at one point, and I don't know if I ever found it or bought it, but it just felt like there was something else happened before this issue and that led us here. And I couldn't, 
for the life of me, couldn't put my finger on what it was. And so as I'm reading it again, I read the first is- the issue before. So I read 189 and here, okay, here's how we transition from one to the other. There's a guy in issue 189, like a dock worker, and he's got this necklace amulet thing in his locker. Somebody tries to steal it. He, you know, he fights him off and he takes it out of his locker and he's like, I got to get rid of this thing. And he's standing out on the street waiting for a cab or the bus or the subway. I don't know. I think he's down. I think he's waiting for a subway. I think he's down on a subway station. Somebody comes up behind him. They, they, they stab him in, in the back and then light erupts from the amulet or something like that. And then the next issue where bam, we're in this world. So I end up having to go out and look, just look what, you know, try to do some research, try to find out what happened. And it, it actually took me a while to figure out what happened because when I looked up Coolin Gath, there was a lot of information about the guy in this storyline, because once this happened, it created an alternate universe. So when he does this, when the power comes out of this amulet, it creates this barrier around the island of Manhattan. It ultimately creates another universe. So everything I could find out about this guy happened in that new universe. Um, and there were some other books in the, in, 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 you know, later that tie back to this. So anyway, I couldn't find out what had happened before. And finally, I did. So back in the day, there was a title called Marvel Team Up, and it was always Spider-Man teaming up with someone else. And this issue was Marvel Team Up with Spider-Man and Red Sonia. And Coolin Gath was in this, and it had to do with the amulet. Red Sonia had come to, to her future, our present, whatever, this world from her world. I don't know. Had to do with the amulet. And Coolin Gath being trapped into the amulet by the end of the book. And uh, Spider-Man threw it into the river or something like that. And so I found out that this was out there. And I'm really excited because then I also find out that the art was done by John Byrne. And, and so I'm flipping at this point. I'm like, oh, I love me some John Byrne. But guess what? It's not available on Comixology at all. Not for sale. Not to borrow. It's not there. There aren't any collections with it in there. Nothing. I have to assume it's because... It has Red Sonia in it, and Marvel no longer uh, owns the character of Red Sonia. So I'm sure I could go out to uh, comic book stores and find the back issues. Maybe the next Nerd Quest. Maybe that's what I'll look for. I will when I go to Chops. I will look for this issue of Marvel Team Up. But anyway, so it's good to know that there is something out there because I did feel like going into the issue that it's just that it. They just jumped right into the story out of nowhere, and that's that's not the case. But Coolangath is this wizard, and he has found that mutants are more perceptive. Uh, chewing on my tongue again. Mutants are more receptive to his magics. He can he can command them to do what he wants, and ultimately, and this is another thing I found weird until I found out where this where this actually originated from. This was all uh, ultimately his way to get back at Spider-Man, which I thought was a weird thing to happen in an X-Men book. So like everybody who, who, who is inside this barrier, they are now, you know, basically fantasy, sword and sorcery type folks. They all speak this other language, whatever language this is. Spider-Man doesn't change at all. He remembers uh, everything before the barrier went up. He speaks English. He doesn't understand what anybody else is saying. Um, Coolin Gath has the, has his 
warriors chasing him through the city and they are his warriors are the new mutants man it's just a good it's just a great couple of issues so storm is uh fighting callisto at one point and they fall into the river and they the the current takes them out on to the other side of the border so they come back as themselves anyway they manage to get back in and still retain some level of knowledge and uh captain america and uh wasp and it's a shame that the black knight wasn't a part of this he would have been perfect for that that era but basically a team of avengers are put together with captain america wasp storm callisto uh colossus eventually uh his little sister uh elenia uh magic i think her name is um warlock from the new mutants are in it and i totally forgot about that dude he's freaking crazy he's this free freaking crazy techno bio you know biological technological freaking techno organic creature that calls itself self all the time oh man that creature was crazy and i now that now that has me wanting to read some new mutants um so that's i think that's what i'm going to be spending a lot of time doing here uh is reading these old books but i gotta try to still read these superman books of course for next month but i don't want to just read old marvel books so uh i went out there to see what they had available on comiXology um that was not marvel and was not dc since i'm going to spend all month in march talking about dc books and i found a book that i haven't read in a while that i remember love it's probably about the digital version was released in 2015, but I remember talking about this book near the tail end of my Just Another Fanboy days. Anyway, it's Atomic Robo by Scott Wegner and uh, who's the other guy? Brian Clevenger. Scott Wegner and Brian Clevenger. Now, this was a book that when I, when I was introduced it back then, when she was introduced it, see, I you can always tell when, the, when we're getting close to the end of the show because... Um, my brain, it's just tired. It's just tired. And it, it makes it hard to talk. And I think I'm going to cry. Anyway, Atomic Robo. So this is a, uh, it's a robot created by Nikola Tesla. He is artificially intelligent. So he is, he's, he's a real boy. And, uh, in the present, he he leads a team called they refer to them tell refer to themselves as action scientists so they ha he has like a military people on the team but he also has scientists on the team and they fight monsters and stuff and uh the first i read through the first collection and man it is such a good quick read it didn't take me long to get through it at all and it's like the first six collections are all available on comicsology unlimited and so i'm totally going to be binge reading those for the next month or so. Um, I, I noticed that one of them, I think the last one that's available is a freaking Western is atomic robo in the West. And that has my little fanboy heart about to explode. Uh, it's a funny book. It's full of action. Um, it's just a great freaking read. And I think I even put out on Instagram that, that all of us, all comic fans should be thanking, uh, Scott Wegner and Brian Clevenger every day for giving us Atomic Robo because it is, it's just a wonderfully fun book. There's nothing, you know, anybody can read it. 
from uh, kids to adults. There's nothing offensive in it. There's nothing dark in it. There's nothing. It's not, it's not a, you know, it's not, um, it's not a kid's book. You know, it doesn't talk down to you, but it's not an adult's book. It's an all, it's a true all ages book and it is so much fun. And I am so glad I remembered that that book was out there and I am so happy that it's available on Comixology Unlimited because uh, I have to assume, because being a being a self published author, you know, for a time I had I had my books in Kindle Unlimited, and uh, anytime somebody reads one of your books through Kindle Unlimited, you get a certain you get a certain amount of money based on page reads. It's like point zero 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 one cent per page read or something. And uh, I hope it's the same for folks on Comixology Unlimited because I am going to read. You know, I can't, you know, you know how it is. I can't afford to buy a bunch of stuff. But if I can read most of their stuff through Comixology Unlimited and those fellows are going to get paid for it, that makes me feel pretty good. Uh, it, you know, they're not going to get paid what they would be paid if I bought all the trades and I feel bad about that. But at the same time, if I had to buy all the trades, you know, they probably wouldn't get paid for them anyway because I can't afford them. So I'm happy that I'm doing this Comixology Unlimited thing, that uh, I can read all this stuff and that these folks will get, they'll get a little scratch, a little scratch for that wallet itch. So I'm not sure what else there is for me to talk about. So I'm going to try to close this show out without using any show notes. Um, So let's give that a try, shall we? I want to thank everybody for listening to the Stephen or Else podcast If you enjoy this show and you want to support me in any way, there's a number of ways you can do that. If you want to go top level, you can go over to my Patreon and, you know, be a patron. For as little as a dollar a month, you're not only going to be helping me provide for me and my family, you're also going to get two episodes a week of my other podcast. You can also get that for $2 a month, but uh, you're also going to get... um, a free ebook. Anytime I publish an ebook, um, you're going to get it for free. I don't publish a lot of ebooks. I should, I should put that out there. Um, so yeah, Patreon, that's your top level. That's a top level way that you can support me. If you can't do that, you're probably talking to somebody who understands that more than anybody else. If you can't do that, I get it and I feel for you. But if you still want to support me, go out to iTunes and leave me a review. That helps me in so many ways. It helps the show get discovered and it brings in more listeners. If you don't want to do that, just tell, just tell people, just go out on social media and just tell people about the show. There are, you know, go to Reddit, go to the, go to the podcast Reddit and uh, recommend my show to people. Go, go on Twitter, recommend my show. You got people around you that listen to podcasts and read comic books, recommend the show. Okay. Done. That part's done. All right, let's get past that. Any questions or comments can be sent to me through my email address at stephenorelse at gmail.com. You can also go to the website at uh, stephenorelse.com and you can leave a comment on the episode itself. You can go over to Reddit at uh, reddit.com slash r slash stephenorelse and join the Stephen or Else subreddit. There will be a talkback thread for the episode there. You can go leave your thoughts and post other stuff there. Just come be part of the community. The theme song for this show is Worship by Trinity X. Find it and more 
songs from the band over at AtomicZombieRecords.com. The rest of the music from this episode comes from Kirby Crackle. You can find them at CurryCrackleMusic.com. Great, great nerd rock group. Kirby Crackle. Love them. Kids love them. My girls, they like them some, some Kirby Crackle. So that's it. That's the show. So until next week, I'm Steven, and this has been my podcast. Be nice to each other, please. Good job.